Sandra and Noah. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Theater World Podcast. I'm Noah Bender. And I'm Sandra Nemchik. And today we have Gary Stanford. The, the actor, director, act, activist supreme who's worked with every theater company in the Bay Area. The Renaissance man himself. Oh, yeah. How are you, Gary? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. I know you're a very busy person. You keep posting so many things that you've been doing around the Bay Area. Absolutely. Yeah, the last few years has just been a, a whirlwind, I guess, of new opportunities. And uh, and as I hoping as the theater industry finds a new new healthy direction to go. So I'm here for it. And you've you've kind of been the spearhead of 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 kind of uh, ushering, I'd say, the the Bay Area Theater Company into into a new uh, a, a new a new transition, a new phase of uh, of yeah, inclusivity, equity, and 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 all that comes with it. Absolutely. I mean, why not? You know, I feel like I've been I've been hard at work at at trying to make changes for about a decade now. So um, that's mm -hmm. really the reason why I got into, you know, after years of a of purely a performer, I decided to go behind the scenes as, as a choreographer and then finally a stage director just because I wanted to be the example and, and try to do things the right way. So I'm glad that the industry is trying to catch up to my mindset. So when did you say think like this movement actually began? Like what what was the catalyst? Wow, I would have to think, you know, the George Floyd incident was probably the the real, you know, event of all events that really got people thinking and asking questions and becoming activists. Yeah, that kind of whipped everybody into shape. It, it really did. It really did. And although, you know, companies had been talking about you know, diversity and inclusion for, for a few years. It was just a very slow transition and everyone wanted mm -hmm. to stay safe and nobody wanted to, you know, make many waves. But I think after George Floyd, it was just like, okay, we got all, we got to do something. We got to do it now. The gloves came off. Gloves came off. Yeah. 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 I remember, um, in that summer, I, I believe there was an open letter to all theater companies kind of just talking about mm -hmm. all the inequalities. You right. want to talk a little bit further about that or? Sure. Yes, I guess there was the the infamous, you know, anonymous spreadsheet that kind of went around and many, many people decided to jump on there and anonymously call out people or companies about their behavior. Um, about uh, um, pro many problems with diversity and inclusion, um, systemic racism. So it was just really like shocking that it was just all out there for everyone to see. And names were named, people were called out. It, it got pretty messy, but it was, to me, it was just a huge wake-up call to th changes that needed to be made for quite some time now. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember just theater companies, if you really wanted to see any um, show with any other race in it, they'd be like, well, we're doing hairspray, there you go. Or we're doing <laughs> ragtime, there you go. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like we're doing Mary Poppins or and and we have like an, an equitable cast. Exactly, exactly. I, my entire career as a director, um, thrived because I was working with all of these theater companies on the peninsula, the South Bay, East Bay, that had never worked with black actors before. They didn't know any black actors, but they wanted to do their hairspray. They wanted to do ragtime and the whiz, uh, dream girls, but they're like, how do we do it? We've never had any black actors mm -hmm. in this theater before. So that's where I came in and worked on a number of shows under that guise. And you could, Obviously, it was just so apparent what diversity problems we have in our in our theater community, and it shouldn't be me that's like the savior trying to fix all of it, you know? Yeah, well, why did you step up anyway? Well, I, I felt that there was a huge need to do so, and, you know, my brother and I had have had such a career being, I've been in like over 80 musicals of all shapes and sizes. And my brother and I seeing um, our ability to, to gain access to, to perform and, and work at these theater companies, we felt that you know the rest of the community should have that uh, ability or um, should have that access as well. So that was my passion to, to build shows and bring in diverse casts, bring in diverse audiences, just to kind of ignite, you know, this movement that needed to happen in the future. Because all the, all the right people are are they're still there. They're 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 mm -hmm. chomping at the bit, you know, you know, ready ready to work and ready to be cast and it seems like right. overall the the larger theater community has kind of broadened their eyes in terms of casting shows and doing things not necessarily quote unquote as written or as it might have been done traditionally in the past um, and opening up to all kinds of people in any roles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's the, com it's the, the comfort zone that we fall into as, as social groups where we feel comfortable around mm -hmm. certain people that look like us, talk like us, mm -hmm. you know, come, come rod like us. So it's, it's just, human nature um and we kind of have to take a step back and realize that we have to broaden our our lens and and meet new people and find new new talents to keep our our theaters afloat so many theaters were struggling right and and obviously we lost some theaters yeah. during the pandemic right so, yeah because yeah, I'm sure I'm sure tra traditionally a lot of uh, you know white directors and and producers had kind of fallen into the comfort zone or maybe just the myth that like in terms of casting black and brown actors that maybe there there weren't as many out there, but that's not oh, yeah. true at all. Or casting their not friends. Not true at all. Yeah, casting their friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, it 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 be. It got to a point where actors of color just stopped auditioning for for companies that they knew they weren't going to get cast in. Um, gave it a shot, tried to go for the Into the Woods and the Hello Dollies and this and that, and uh, 
just realize that they're not going to get cast in these supporting or lead roles. Um, mm -hmm. So why even try, you know, let's go back to our back to theaters that really support us. Yeah. And nowhere in the scripts are, are there their description of what anyone looks like in in Oklahoma or in Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that anywhere. Exactly. Doesn't say that anywhere. And you were in Oklahoma, too, in Woodminster, right? Yeah, that was kind of interesting. The, re the only reason why I got in is because the community rose up and forced them to hire a black curly. Um, and that was this whole entire incident where we ended up with a, a white curly and a black curly and we split the run and uh, the board of directors were pretty much forced to, br <laughs> to bring me on. So I got an opportunity to play curly under that you know situation so yeah it was it was a situation where but it should be just who is the best person absolutely. for the role it shouldn't be absolutely uh let's let's cast because we have to force someone exactly exactly oh i was saying yeah it shouldn't take directors having being forced to 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 be, uh you know do inclusive casting and whatnot but it it i guess works as a first step in a sense mm-hmm Absolutely. Works as a first step. Um, and yeah, even on my personal journey was I got into going behind the scenes because I had spent years auditioning for shows and didn't get any roles. So I was just like, well, I'll find another way to be involved in theater. Um, I could get an ensemble mm -hmm. role like that because I have years and years of dance experience. But if I want a supporting or lead role, all the all the roles that I've gotten the last five years, like I auditioned for those shows previous and sometimes didn't even get a call back. So it was like, so I get it. Mm -hmm. Like I understand what the industry was doing and why and really why it needed to change. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So what, what kind of change have you, have you noticed already in the local theater community as theater has started to come back since the pandemic? Yeah, I've noticed that, um, more people of color are being asked onto boards of directors. So the decision-making yeah. groups of theaters are starting to add diversity, keeping their eye open towards equity and inclusion in their decision-making. And I've seen, you know, a number of theaters hire on artistic directors or executive directors or, um, you know, uh, leadership roles in general, educational directors um with people of color as well so that immediately opens your lens to more opportunities to different storytelling um experiences so i've seen a lot of that um happen you know the last year year and a half so we just have to keep keep that going keep that synergy going yeah and you're on like a whole bunch of boards right yes yeah you're I'm on, on 42nd street <laughs> and how many how yeah. many boards are you on yeah, well, I'm I am the interim educational director at 42nd Street Moon, but I'm on the board of Throckmorton Theater, Hillborn Theater, Woodside Community Theater. Um, I'm on the board of trustees at uh, Theater Works Silicon Valley, um, and I just joined the board of uh, a theater up in Seattle called React. It does a lot of Ooh. diverse shows, so yeah, busy. Because that seems like the most important thing, having uh, diversity at the at the gatekeeping level of 
uh, uh, at the executive level of have yeah having people there to when you're choosing shows and uh, in the, in the, in the entire casting process seeing it overseeing it from top to bottom rather than um, being in in these theater companies run by a kind of tone deaf group of people who are kind of recycling their same points of view. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's that and it's like we've gone so long not fixing the problem. The problem is more complicated than we even imagine because if for example a theater company on the peninsula wants to hire actors of color, they need to drive 30, 40, 50 miles, you know, one way from another community, right? They don't live on the peninsula anymore. Mm -hmm. The peninsula has gentrified mm -hmm. Pretty much every city on the peninsula the last 20 25 mm -hmm. years so that obviously is more challenging because actors can't afford to drive 100 miles round trip you know a night for us you know a simple rehearsal so we need to start paying actors we need to start paying transportation stipends things like that so now it's become more complicated than it was maybe back in the 90s right um and so can things theaters like uh, afford Stuff like Not that, like transporting actors, them, or do you think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have to rethink their budgeting um, to be able to make that work. So yeah, for some theaters, they can't do it at all. Some theaters have started to, to you know, put in a business plan for that. Maybe not spend so much money on sets and costumes and props and all that. Exactly, exactly. And, <laughs> and think about, you know, instead of one big gala gala fundraiser a year maybe they should do two or three to raise money for just that you know so things like that are starting yeah. to to take form but it's 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 a it's a huge uh, it's a huge problem and um i'm glad that theaters are starting to put um decision makers and gatekeepers in the hands of people of color to help fix the problem. Yeah, this is a, a tough time for theater in general, just coming back after a pandemic. Have you done any shows uh, recently that, um, what am I trying to say? Like, how, yeah, how, how have you noticed the transition of coming back to theater from a structural sense in terms of masks and all the protocols that go along with that? Yes, I, I have a, a very fascinating relationship with the pandemic. <laughs> because I have, I feel like I've been performing or producing or directing or choreographing shows pretty much the entire pandemic. I really haven't taken a break really? since the few months that we were all shut down in 2020. Um, yeah, yeah, I've directed shows that we ended up producing outdoors. Um, and uh, we, yeah, I worked, I've worked on middle school shows. So under different pandemic conditions, we've been able to unmask our actors outdoors for a live show. That or, seems like uh, you did one right out of uh, the gate, right? Uh, I think it was Once on this Island, just like that fall or that that summer. That fall fall 2020? 2020. Yeah, California was burning. Wow. The skies were brown and we were lines. outdoors doing <laughs> rehearsals. It was like 98 degrees at eight o'clock at night. It was just in, that was just an insane year. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we ended I mean, up that'd be a great show outdoors. to do outdoors. Exactly. Yeah. It totally worked to do outdoors. We put up a gigantic green screen 
behind us and uh, did all this post-edit graphics and animations. It turned out to actually look really cool. So we're like, wow, we did it. We made it work. Because, yeah, for, for 2020 and 2021, people basically had to think of theater like producing a film in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. With, a lot of with all the green screens going. and everything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because there's there's only so much you can do when you can't have when you when when you can't have actors in the same spot or you have to record mm -hmm. people separately. It's a whole right. different operation. Like my sister was part of a yeah. of a, a high school show where they basically <laughs> they basically recorded one actor at a time and had to do dialogue as if they were they 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 would they basically split the stage in half and yeah. you recorded one side of the dialogue waited and then they'd splice it together and it legit looked like they were performing on the same stage but they oh, wow. the actors were never there at the same time just like a, like we do in a movie it was all in editing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the yeah. love scenes must have been really great right <laughs> yeah it, for for kissing scenes they just like they they put a big heart over oh, over both people yeah <laughs> Or like I, I just saw a high school yeah. show where in, instead of kissing, they like, in, instead of kissing like face to face, they would like turn to the back as if, as if he was like <laughs> pulling her away. There we go. Yeah. 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 For once on this island, we had to individually record everyone's vocal track. So it's like this oh, huge yeah. mix, of like 18, 19 voices. That was not fun but we were able to get that done Yikes. and then they did their dialogue live and then sang separately. Like we couldn't, yeah, that was the, the yeah, workaround. Yeah, there's no way you can sing outside. Right, exactly. And we didn't, we didn't even want to risk singing in, in the same space with everybody. We're just like, okay, forget that. So everyone sang in their house, sent them video record, vocal record, audio record stuff. Yeah. Did you do a lot of the editing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I know. Oh, Gary, how to did do, you do a lot of editing? Know, yeah. Yeah. Now I've learned how to do audio editing and video. So yeah, that's <laughs> picked up some new skills. Add to my resume. Yeah, the pandemic definitely forced people to yeah expand their skill set in terms of theater, but also really just expand mm -hmm. their visions of what theater could look like. Like we we've had this whole mm -hmm. run of doing just shows on Zoom at, with no rehearsal, right. and it's become we we've we've basically invented our own art form yes. and perfected our craft that way. Um, a cult classic. Yeah, exactly. But it's a completely yeah. new way of of performing with other people that we never would have thought of before, and it's a it's been a way of reaching people from around uh, around the country. The world. And yeah, yeah. And yeah, doing doing things that in that we'd never be able to do before, and in such quick time. It's such quick turnover. Turnaround, exactly, exactly. What are you working on right now? Yeah, right now I'm actually, uh, I'm in a production of Rent up in San Rafael oh, nice. with the Marin Musical Theater Company. So I definitely plug them, check them out. Um, sure. Tickets are on sale on uh, Novato Theater Company's website and Marin Musical Theater Company's website. Um, I'm playing Tom Collins. Great. So super stoked about that. And we open March 17th. Live in my house. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yes. That 
that reprise. It's awesome. So yeah, right in the middle of rehearsals for that. And we will perform live on stage. That's not the only project that you've been working on though, right? Um, I, yes, no, it's not. Um, I, I'm teaching uh, part-time with Notre Dame High School in Belmont. I'm the musical theater teacher there. It's the first time they've had a musical theater program on campus. It wasn't a part of the tri-school um, uh, structure. And I'm also uh, choreographing, you know, a production of Lion King Jr. with San Carlos Children's Theater. Um, working on other musical theater classes, fight choreography classes, all that kind of stuff. Like six different oh, you're everywhere. schools. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm all around. All around. <laughs> but it, be it beats my uh, engineering career sitting down all day for 12 hours. <laughs> so I'm totally done with that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, Sandy, you want to move into our quick hitters? Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be great. Yes. Okay, so we uh, we end out our podcast with a kind of a, you know lightning round style questions about your 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 overall theater experience. Let's start with: Do you have a favorite Broadway diva? Wow, uh, favorite Broadway diva. I guess I'm gonna have to go with Karen Olivo. She she's she is one that I worship. Mm, a, a, a contemporary one. For yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she actually recently left the production of Moulin Rouge, and really called out Broadway for their practices. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah Moulin Rouge was, was one of my favorite shows, and she's definitely one of my favorites. Diva, extraordinaire, actress, singer, dancer, all that good stuff. So, yeah. I'm sure Moulin amazing. Rouge is very is is very uh, amazing and thrilling visually with with all the dancing and costumes and lighting. I personally just can't Absolutely. get behind. The, I I I have a weird thing about hearing pop songs with musical theater intonations. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> seeing seeing seeing, know, seeing the Duke sing a Rihanna song. But it's yeah, such a popular exactly. thing, you know. Everyone yeah. really loved it when it came out. That's true. Mm -hmm. The movie, at least. I fell in love with the <laughs> yeah. movie when it came out. I was like, I have to see the show. I, it's, I would love to. Yeah, it brought in a show. lot of musical theater people. Exactly. Exactly. I know it's very alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see you as, I'm going to swing from the chandelier. From the chandelier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> when are we doing it, Gary? I want to know. <laughs> I know. Please, please release that show. I would love to work on it. <laughs> it's wild. Do you think it'll make it to high school? I mean, the, the 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 amount of licensing they must have had to do on that show is is insane. No, it probably no. won't. Maybe. The production is just too. Yeah, it's just too crazy to be able to reproduce. But yeah. Although they dropped Phantom for high school. <laughs> they they've did. had Phantom for high yes. school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Recently. Uh, Oh, this like maybe five years ago? I've never yeah, heard of a high a school student. production of Phantom of the Opera. There was a student version that um, that Ohlone College did like three or four years ago. I actually auditioned for the Phantom, and uh, but I got ended up getting Cole House Interesting. in Ragtime, so I oh. took that role. Yeah, but yeah. It yeah, was, I it mean, was over in East Bay. 
I know. It was like, ah, wow. man. Amazing roles. Gotta do yeah. it. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. it's hard to imagine Phantom as like not the biggest, most expensive, hugest, grandest thing in the world. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, it's all about the chandelier. <laughs> Yeah, a, a tiny chandelier drops. Chandelier, it's going to be exactly. great. Yeah, it's a projection. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's just a light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, what is your intermission snack routine? Ooh. As a performer or as a, uh, as, a, as, a, as a spectator? As a spectator, oh my gosh. Well, I I cannot pass up a Reese's Pieces anywhere I go. So if I if I have to resort to mm. junk food, I definitely will go there. Um, yeah, that's that's just a no brainer for me. You got to make a little exception at the theater. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got to indulge, especially if you're in a show. You can eat as many as you want, right? There you go. Yeah, when, when you're burning calories, it's like oh, screw it, gorge. Gorge away. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have an intermission routine uh, when you're performing? Intermission routine. Oh, let's see. Uh, it really depends on the show that I'm in. If it's a huge dance mm. show, I will traditionally drink um, almost a gallon of water during that show. Mm. Um, so I'm a huge uh, water drinker at intermission if it's a if it's a show that I'm just like burning, burning calories. All right. Well, you've done, you know, some of the greatest roles in musical theater, hundreds of shows, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have a dream role yet to be completed? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be The Phantom. That's one of the few mm. left. It's one of the few shows I haven't done. Um, obviously, there are a number of roles on current Broadway shows that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's an amazing role. Oh gosh, that's an amazing role. But of the traditional war horses of the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, I have to go with the Phantom. That's, it's yes. probably- Yes, it'll happen one day. Love, I, I love, can see it. Love to do. Yeah, yeah. And don the mask and, and it unleash your inner monster. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I can see you with the with the gondola, you know. Oh yes. Oh yes. And the oh, big cape. In fact, guess what? I have near me, just because I was gonna do, I was gonna do some type of. Uh, oh my gosh, where is that? I have a. Ma I have actually have a phantom mass. Oh, maybe I just moved it. Darn it! I was gonna put it on. Wait, are we doing it right now? <laughs> we're, we're doing the show right now. <laughs> I have this. I have a phantom. Three person mask. show was near me yeah xander yeah, you we can be carlotta and i'll okay. be i'll be i'll be both I'll, I'll be the 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 theater owner guys who do little patter songs in between <laughs> oh, that's funny hell yeah i love Great. it i love that carol channing will be will be playing the role of christine yes yes <laughs> down the octave yes the octave. obviously she can't sing that high <laughs> Wishing you were somehow here again. <laughs> oh, romantic. Like, nice. Yes. <laughs> Could do a parody. I mean, yeah, least. Zen, you really gotta add this to to your yeah, to your to your TikTok series of, of Carol Channing singing popular oh, yeah, diva songs. For sure. I'll I'll make sure. Oh yeah, it'll be a series. And you can like nice. duet yourself and do both parts. 
Sing once again with me. I strange to add. I need to get her a tiny little nightgown. Yes, yes. And a cape. <laughs> and, and a cape. Yeah, right. give her dark right. curly hair. Oh, yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Big wig. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're getting off track. Okay. Next question. Um, can you think of a show or the last show you saw that made you cry? Ooh, wow. Wow, I'm not a huge crier at shows, but um, hmm. I saw a youth production of A Chorus Line right before the pandemic. Like, literally, they had to shut down the, sh the next show. They had to shut down the theater, and I got to see the last show before that. Oh, that's a bummer. And they had some of the most amazing intimate moments with Diane and um, what's the, I'm forgetting the, the guy whose father hates him because he's gay. What's the role? Paul? Oh, Bo not Bobby. Paul. Paul. Yes. Amazing. Go with the big monologue. Like these high school That's kids the big cry moment. Absolutely killed it. They killed it. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that. So that was that was the last one right before the pandemic. Yeah, there's some moments in that show that really hit hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I, I'm just yeah. I'm just someone who I I don't cry as much as at movies, but in yeah. when I'm in the theater, that's Come when here. that's when I let it go. That's when I really cry. Oh yeah, it really moves you because oh, they're putting their heart okay. and soul. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. there's a scene that has the feels, I'll definitely. For some reason, just when it's in song, it gets me more. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And final question. What has been your most memorable or greatest experience you can ever remember having at the theater? Wow. There is a list of amazing moments. Uh... I guess one of my most recent, I'll go with the recent, I was able to to be in a production of I Do, I Do last summer. And uh, and and which is a two person full stage musical. Um, pretty wild to just have two people running around Woodminster. Um, and we had like 15 songs each and we're pretty much in every scene, wow. but there's a particular scene That's a where lot of show. That's a lot of show, yeah. And I literally, the character, or at least they had me, change costumes three times on stage, two times while I'm in mid-song. I'm changing full outfits. Oh my gosh, I've never seen that. So you're giving them two shows, <laughs> more than one shows. show. <laughs> exactly. Because we're in our hey, room, Gary. right? So I'm just changing into a tuxedo and this and that. And it was, yeah, that was everything. Um, oh, you made it sound like where... they, they made you change non-diegetically. Non yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... There you have it. Yeah, that's that's how they wanted to design it. And it, it, it turned out it was actually a really fun experience. I had never done that before. Just trying to trying to keep my mind on lyrics and then change automatically, buttoning mm -hmm. up shirts and jackets and putting on cravat and hat. It was just like, okay, it's all just choreography, you know, being on stage doing all that stuff. Yeah. So um it was a moment. Yeah, I've done a bunch of eating on stage, party. but never 
changing on stage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, eating. Oh, yeah. No, I've never never ate on stage. Um, a moment where we have this big argument because we're a married couple and he's in his 40s. He's really feeling himself. He becomes kind of an ass as he becomes successful in his business. And there was a moment where um, he says something rather derogatory about women. The audience just exploded in booze. Natch as they as they oh, all wow. should. Oh wow! They turned on you. Exploded, and I could not hear my music cue because I have a song right there where I sing about how wonderful I am. I could not. Yeah. I could <laughs> not hear the music. They were booing so loud, like I've never experienced that before. Like, <laughs> wow! That was cool. They hate me. <laughs> they really. Hate me. I love, I love a there. good boo. Yeah. When, when it's warranted, a good boo can can yeah. be just as just as uh, yeah. <laughs> Im impactful as a good cheer. Absolutely. Especially if you're an ass in the, uh, in the show. They, right, right. You know they've really bought into your character. So I'm just like, woo, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. I long yeah. to play yeah. your job. Captain Hook or who, or some other famous villain just so I can get booed. It It's oh, a wonderful yeah. feeling. I don't, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. I think I have one more question, actually. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what What do you hope theater will look like in the next five to ten years? What's your vision? Wow! 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 Um, my dream is for theaters to work together as a Bay Area theater mm -hmm. community, share resources, all of the things. Um, it would just be so much more cost effective to share resources with each other. Um, and mm -hmm. also, I would love for more and more theaters to have like new works opportunities for actors and artists mm. um, to be able to show off their work, to be to be hosted by different theater spaces, to do a stage reading or read, you know, do a scene reading or a table read or whatever concept read. Um, and allow new art and new stories to be told, as well as all of these old shows that we see over and over and over. But although I'm not interested in seeing West Side Story every the other year or My Fair Lady and all this stuff over and over again, so I would love new stories to be thrown into the mix as well. That would be cool on a regular basis. Sounds so, like yeah, a good yeah. dream. Yeah, mm -hmm. it can it can sometimes feel like popular theater is kind of stuck in a loop of choosing the same shows over and over right. and over again. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, and there's so much more. And when there. one theater does it, then another theater does it, then another theater does it. It's kind of like a chain reaction. Oh, it was so that's good at right. here. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that show's available. Okay, everybody get it. Mamma Mia, there we go. Uh, everybody do Wedding Singer. <laughs> wedding Singer. <laughs> and then when they make a movie of it, everyone wants to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And, then the, and then Hollywood's like, oh my gosh, we got to take it as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Too much. <laughs> the cycle Pretty continues. Soon, I'm sure. mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show, Gary. Well, this has been so much fun. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for having me on. Good, good chat. You're welcome. Love you. I love your show uh, concept. And do you have anything else you'd like to plug uh, before before we come out? Um, if anyone's interested in seeing high school show, I'm I'm uh, choreographing a production of Mamma Mia at Cappuccino High School. They open March 9th, run March 9th, 10th, and 11th, I believe. And then, yeah, Rent opens that following weekend up in San Rafael. So come check us out. 
going to be a really, really fun show. I love what I love the concept of what they're building so far. When I look at the dance videos and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. So, yeah, come check us out there. And, uh, yeah, if anyone's interested in taking any workshops, 42nd Street Moon um, has just launched uh, some winter workshops on um, directing a show, putting together your own cabaret, um, putting together an amazing audition for yourself. Um, and then also we have uh, John Biocci, who has a ton of Broadway experience writing for all the biggest divas, stars, everybody, writing music for them and various shows. Um, he's offering a free uh, workshop to sing um, some of his some of his works. So we have some cool workshops coming up oh. there. Go to the 42nd Street Moon website for that. Yeah, we'll we'll have all this we'll we'll have all this linked in the description of this episode, and oh. yeah, thanks so much for coming oh, on. Nice. Uh, follow us on Instagram at theaterworld underscore readings. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Followers, Tell a friend. Yeah. Do some word of mouth. Uh, just shout out your window. Listen to the Theater World podcast. That'll really help. Any way we can get the word out. Um, cause yeah, we're, we're a new show we're, we're, we're looking to, Write those to reviews. build our listener base mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, it, we're going to conquer the world. Damn it. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> I will spread the word to all the theaters that I work at. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll definitely send it to you when it comes out. All right. Well, we'll see you next, next week, every other Friday on the theater world podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. Oh, what a great show that was. Such a great interview. Oh, by the way, just in case you're still listening and you happen to be my fifth grade class, you can say the secret word to me, which is raspberries. You must say it like that if you want a sticker. Now it's really over. Bye-bye.